One thing about mama, she is going to make sure that everyone else is taken care of before she even thinks about treating herself. So if you are looking for the perfect gift to make mom feel special this Mother's Day, make sure you check out the Mega Moisture Duo from Osea Malibu because body care is self-care. Since 1996, Osea has been making clean, clinically proven, seaweed-infused skincare. So this Mother's Day, treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GSPP at OseaMalibu.com. Plus, you'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code GSPP for 10% off. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Come on, let's work. You can wish for it, or you can work for it. You gotta work for greatness. If you ain't working, you should be working. These are the confessions of a workaholic. Welcome to Confessions of a Workaholic, where we share the success secrets of fearless female entrepreneurs who are obsessed with success. This is your girl, Coriel, and you are totally in for a treat because we are talking to one of my favorite boss babes this week. Today's episode is brought to you by Work, Pray, Slay Weekend, which returns to ATL November 1st through 4th. For details on how you can attend the biggest and best women's weekend of the year, be sure to log on to Work, Pray, Slay.com. So today's guest, like I said, is one of my favorite boss babes. She is also going to be in the building at Work, Pray, Slay, so you definitely want to be there. This week, we are talking to Raven Jones. She's an award-winning serial entrepreneur who has been self-employed since the tender age of 23. Many people affectionately call Raven the queen of self-employment since she is responsible for helping hundreds of entrepreneurs either start a business, become self-employed, or make their first six figures to stay self-employed. So Raven, are you ready to confess? Yes. So I'm super excited to talk to you and share you with my listeners. Um, I always like to start by asking what your professional background is in, because I find it so interesting how our passions can lead us away from our profession. So what did you actually start your career doing? 
So I actually started my career out in the public relations industry. Like that was my major in undergrad in college. And, you know, a lot of times in college, you get looked at if you're a mass communications major as if you just didn't know what to do with your life and you're going to be like a loser, basically. So when I was in college majoring in mass communications, um, I started to love public relations. I love the idea of being able to pretty much just leverage the media to convey your message to your audience and just all the different components that went into that industry. And so naturally, when I started off um, being a business owner at just 21, that was my comfort zone. I felt like, okay, well, this is what my degree is in. So that's pretty much what I should start a business doing. And so that's what I did. I absolutely loved it. I felt like I was passionate about it, but I didn't feel like it was my purpose. And it's amazing how we can go into one business or we can go to school for one thing. And sometimes we might feel like it's pointless, but we don't even realize that those things that we learned in school or those things that we may have learned in our previous places of work and things like that, it ties in so much to what we do today. For example, in my public relations business and throughout just my background in PR, I would have to train my clients to speak to the media. I would have to train them on answering questions and how to keep their composure and just how to respond in interviews. And now here I am confessing, you know, here I am being interviewed. And so it, it constantly plays a role in what I do on a day-to-day -day basis as a serial entrepreneur. I love it. And I love that we don't have to, um, you know, waste these degrees that we've gotten or waste this time that we've invested working these jobs and in these careers, because you can absolutely use all of that time and all of that energy um, that you spent investing in those in those other things, you can definitely use those in your own career. And it's just beautiful how it all comes full circle, um, how you get to use, you know, all of those skills that you've accumulated, you get to use those in your own business now. So in your intro, I mentioned um, that you've been self-employed since 23. And that's something that very few people can claim. Looking back on what it took to make that possible, what would you say is the number one thing you did to make it happen? Like, was it a book that you read? Was it a coach that you hired, a class that you took, a connection you made, a mindset shift? What was like that one thing that you felt like made it possible? Oh my goodness. So that's a really good question. And I don't think I've ever been asked that question. So I love it. I think that anytime I'm like being interviewed and somebody's reading my bio, I'm always reminded like, oh my goodness, like this is really something that I did at 23, literally two weeks after my 23rd birthday. A lot of people don't even have their first real job by the time they're 23. So I think the biggest thing that it takes is definitely a mindset shift. And then more importantly, it's going to take some faith because there is no way that you leave your job two weeks after your 23rd birthday. I thought I was mature at the time, but it's a different level of maturity when you go from working for someone at your first nine to five to going into business for yourself and you're actually the boss. It's a different level of maturity. So on top of just the, the big mindset shift, it took a whole lot of faith in God because I was so miserable at my nine to five. When I say in those 18 months that I was there, God showed me every single thing that he needed to show me to convince me to walk out of there. I saw all types of harassment. 
I saw people being laid off. I remember um, the biggest boss in the office calling all of the employees in there one day into the boardroom and cussing all of us out. I mean, I, I never just experienced anything like this. And granted, that was my first nine to five. But, you know, I had plenty of jobs when I was in high school and in college. And I never experienced just the type of office politics and the level of just disrespect from a boss. And so I remember going into 2011, you know, I was constantly just praying and praying and praying like, God, this can't be life. Like, you got to get me out of here. Like, there is no way. Like, I felt like I was lied to. We go to school for four years, we get these degrees, and they tell us that we're going to get a job and live happily ever after. And here I was at 23 years old, I'm looking for my happily ever after because Sally Maiden got her happily ever after. I got to pay her every month. So I'm looking like, what's up? You know, where is mine? And so it definitely took for me to change my mindset. I do not come from a family full of entrepreneurs, full of hustlers. So my family was looking at me like I was crazy. They were looking at me like I was a loser, like you wasted your time and your money going to school. Nobody believed that this was possible, but I had a vision. I prayed about it. I trusted God and he promised me that he was going to carry me. And here I am um, almost seven years later on August the 23rd, I'll be celebrating seven years of self-employment. And I, I cannot even begin to explain the rewards that's associated with that when you truly just trust God and the plan that he has for you. And when you change your mindset, because the mindset shift, that's something that's going to be required at every single level. You can't be a millionaire thinking like a thousandaire. You can't be a boss thinking like an employee. You just can't. And so my mindset shift, that's something that I had to almost marry when I got out of my nine to five. I had to ask myself, do you want to be one of those people that's flip-flopping and you get out here and you're self-employed for three months, then you're back in a job, then you're back working for yourself, then you're back. I had to make a decision from the very beginning, Raven, how bad do you really want this? And if you want this that bad, what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to give up so you can go up? What are you willing to invest in yourself? What are you willing to stop doing? I had to shift everything. There was no more doing the going to Miami for a weekend real quick with my friends. It was no more going to the clubs and spending frivolously and um, getting a VIP section. It was no more of that because I had to invest in my business. And I love how you asked me about a coach and was that something that I did? Because initially when I was at my nine to five, it wasn't something that I did. I didn't even know about coaching at the time. And so I always tell my clients that your job is your investor. So what I should have been doing and what I always advise people to do is while you are at a nine to five and that is your investor, that's when you really want to be going hard and making investments in yourself and making investments in your business. But that wasn't something that I was doing. And I remember my first year being self-employed, my first full year, 2012, I was looking at like my taxes. And I felt like I had a great year. You know, I was happy because I was working for myself. But when I looked at those numbers, I said, oh, no, ma'am. I said, I did not get out here and become self-employed to be living below the poverty line because that's what those numbers look like. So that's when I knew that I needed to do something different. And that's why I love what you do so much with the Get Money Gang because people need to realize that the money is out there. 
Just because you're self-employed, you do not have to fall into the stigma associated with self-employment that you're supposed to be broke. You don't have to fall into the stigma that you're not supposed to profit and you're not supposed to make a lot of money. There is so much money out here and the people that are bold enough and the people that have the audacity to say, I'm going to start a business, I'm going to become self-employed. That's so admirable. It's so courageous that in my book, we deserve all the money. So I, I love, you know, seeing entrepreneurs invest in themselves because that's when it really happens. You know, I talked to y'all about a mindset shift, but when I hired a coach, that's when I experienced a money shift. That's two different things. You don't want to be this person that's out here with this great mindset and you're rich spiritually, but you're broke financially. So it's going to take more than a mindset shift. It's going to take more than the being Mary Jane affirmations all over your headboard. It's going to take you investing in yourself and learning from someone else's mistakes so that you can see your success a lot faster. That was just a word. I'm going to slide the collection palette all over because you hit on. So, you know, we always try to like separate the, the mindset from like the business. We think we can take all these classes, hire all these people. But if your mindset is not where it needs to be to sustain the success, then all the coaching, you know, in the world is not going to help. And then on the flip side, you can have the best attitude in the world. But if you out here just doing it on your own, um, you know, then you're not really going to be as successful as you could be. So, so many good points. I hope y'all got y'all notebooks ready. Um, <laughs> Uh, Raven, you're also the creator of the Pink Slip Prep School, which turns nine to fivers into entrepreneurs. What are some of the steps that women should be taking in creating their exit strategy? Like if there was one thing that they could do right now to take a, a step towards self-employment, what would you recommend? Absolutely. That's a great question. I feel like we just covered so much about mindset, so I'm not going to mention that. But that's definitely one of them. But I think after that is simply calculating what your survival number is and then checking your business model. When I say your survival number, there's a lot of people out here that want to become self-employed and they'll be like, but I can't do it because, you know, the money and I got to hey, I got to replace my income. And I'll ask them, OK, well, how much money do you need to make in order for you to be self-employed? And they don't even know the answer. How are you preparing for something and you don't even know? That's like getting in the car and you have no destination. What do you expect to happen? You're, you're not going to go anywhere or it's going to take you a lot longer to get to that place because you're not clear on your destination. So it's not impossible. It's not challenging to replace the income from your nine to five with income from your business. It's not impossible to surpass that. But what you do need to do is start off by calculating what your survival number is. And for my ladies, I know it's some gentlemen listening in, but it's probably mainly ladies. So to the ladies, your survival number does not include your monthly spa visits and your hair done, nails done, everything did. You might have to sacrifice that for a couple of months while you're investing in your business to replace that income from your nine to five. So your survival number is going to include things like your mortgage, your rent, your car note, um, food, you know, gas, car insurance. It's going to include those things like that, that you absolutely need to survive. So that's the first thing is calculating that survival number. And then the second thing is checking your business model. There are so many people that are struggling to replace the income from their nine to five with income from their business, from their uh, 
I said it wrong. They're struggling to replace the income from their nine to five with income from their business because their business model is just not correct. If you only have a product-based business and you sell one product that's $10 and your survival number is $5,000 a month, that's a whole, whole lot of products that you have to sell every single month to reach just that $5,000 survival number. So that says to you, being only one person, you know, one band, one man, uh, band, whatever you want to call it, that says to you, maybe I need to add some things into my business model. Maybe I need to add some services. Maybe I need to add some additional products that are higher ticket. Maybe I need to add some bundle deals so that people can spend more money with me in one transaction. But if you're a life coach, for example, and you're charging $97 an hour for your coaching, and that's your only service, it's going to be very challenging for you to replace that income from your nine to five. So I think that you definitely need to look at your business model and look at how many units of whatever products or services you need to sell to get to that survival number. And you also need to make sure that it's something in your business model that you can set up where you can get money to come in on a recurring basis. Like when it came to my uh, public relations business, because that was the business that I had when I was leaving my nine to five, we had all these a la carte services. Well, a la carte services, it brings in a la carte money. Imagine going to a really nice steakhouse and the only thing on the menu is, oh, you can add on the crab or you can add on the shrimp or you can add this. That restaurant is not going to make any money or a lot of money because they don't have any entrees. So you got to think about your business model in that aspect. What can you offer that's an entree? What can you offer that's not just an add-on so that you can have some recurring um, a recurring receivables coming in monthly so that every month you don't have to look up and say, okay, where am I going to find my clients this month? You want to have some people that's coming in often. That's why you see a lot of businesses, even like spas, for example, a lot of them have it where you can get a monthly membership with them. That's why you're seeing a lot of product-based business. They're doing subscription boxes and they're doing things like that. That's not just because they want to show y'all some love every month. That's because they want some money every month and they want to be able to say, okay, we have a thousand subscribers. This is coming in every month. So that's the first couple of things that I would say. And then last but not least, that's really important is you need to pray about the timing of leaving your nine to five. I think that we are living in a world where social media is so cool and it's, you know, it's hyping up things um, because we're all on there. So sometimes like social media can give you the misconception that as an entrepreneur, everything is easy. Or we often think sometimes we're supposed to go in a certain industry because we see someone else in that industry and that person makes it look easy. So I think it's really important to pray about the timing of leaving your nine to five to make sure that it's the best timing for you. And also make sure that you are in the right business because there are a lot of people that's the right entrepreneur, but they're in the wrong business just because they see everyone else doing it on social media. So you wanna make sure that you're in an avenue that is, is the best business for you because that's where you're going to see the most profit. So do you think that there's like a specific um, time frame that you should give yourself? Like if somebody comes to you and says, Raven, I hate my job. I'm sick to my stomach every day when I pull up. 
I want to quit my job in three months. Are you going to be like, girl, bye, it's not going to happen because it's going to take at least six months? Or is it possible to do it in three months? Like, do you think there's a specific time frame that's realistic? Or do you think it's just like a case by case basis? Mm -hmm. So that's a really good question. Because, you know, I actually get that in real life. Like, sometimes I get people and they are like, listen, I'm trying to be a out of there in 30 days i'm trying to be up out of there within 60 days i get people like that and unfortunately i can relate to that because when i was in my nine to five i was that miserable as well i was like i'll do anything to get out of here like i'm ready to go you know so a lot of people really feel that way um and there have been people that come into our program i've seen people leave their nine to five in as little as six weeks i've seen people do it in four weeks i've seen people do it in you know, six months, then I've seen some people do it in 11 months. I think it just really depends on how far along that person already is in their business. And I think it also depends on what they're willing to commit as far as the work that they put in. Because a lot of people, like I mentioned earlier, they see all these entrepreneurs on social media and they think it's easy. And then they come into my program and they see what it really takes. And then they be like, bruh, and I'm looking like, uh, yeah, you know, I tried to tell you, it's a lot of things that have to be put in place. But I never tell a person that it's impossible. I never tell a person, you know, you can't do this because you never know what's going to happen. And I, I just think that one of my favorite things about this journey of entrepreneurship is the plot twist. I know it's not fun when we're experiencing that. It's not fun when we feel like it's a bad thing. But when something happens sooner than you expected it to happen, it's so exciting. If you set the goal and you say, okay, I want to be a millionaire in the next, you know, three years, and then that happens for you, it's a plot twist and that happens for you within the next 12 months, that's beautiful. We're going to be excited. And so that's the thing with entrepreneurship. It's unpredictable. So I think people that feel that way, like I'm in a rush. You just have to just enjoy the beauty of the journey because there's so many lessons to learn along the way. And you don't want to rush a season and miss a certain lesson because you're so adamant about getting to a certain level so fast. So true. So true. So aside from helping turn nine to fivers into entrepreneurs, one other thing that you help um, entrepreneurs do is create high ticket items. Why are those entrees, like you said, why do you think it's so hard for women, especially to yeah. see their value and charge what they're worth? I think that it's very unfortunate that for us as women, we have just been just deemed to be these nurturers in every aspect of life. You know, and it's wonderful that as women, we can do things like we can carry a child for nine months we can bring a baby into the world you know we can feed them without bot like it, it is amazing the power that we have as women but i think that that's all the more reason why people need to put some respect on our names as women and not expect us to be nurturing and not expect to negotiate when it comes to our prices but i also think that as women women, you know, we have to take a stand. And one of the things that I, I told myself early on as an entrepreneur, I told myself, if you do this and you're broke, it's your fault. I had to tell myself that I took responsibility for that early on. And I remember initially when I started, 
my coaching business. And I was just so excited to be doing something I love. I was so excited to be making a difference. I was so excited about the impact that our, our work had. And I just, you know, it was like I would do it for free. And so I was charging, but I was way undercharging. And I remember feeling like, I mean, it would be days that it would be like five o'clock and my head is pounding. And I'm looking like, what's going on with me? Why do I have a headache? And I realized it's because I hadn't ate all day because I had been spending my entire day just pouring into so many other people that I forgot to pour myself a glass of water. And I'm over here mouth dry and starving because I'm slaving and I'm working my butt off. So I think that as women, something that we have to remember is that we cannot take care of anyone else if we're not taking care of ourselves. And I think that taking care of yourself, that definitely comes into play with pricing. You know, what entrepreneurs got to realize is that the more you lowball yourself, the, the less likely you are able to provide a high-end service. You know, I went to a spa earlier today and I, I got home and, you know, I was telling my boyfriend, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, that spa, it was expensive, but I said I had the best experience. I was telling him, I was like, I was so comfortable. I got in a little like whirlpool thingy. I was like, they had this, they had that, they had that. But that's why that massage cost me a certain level of investment because somebody got to pay for that whirlpool. Somebody got to pay for that all those amenities in there. Somebody has to pay for a staff that's going to treat you exceptionally well. That has to be paid for. So I think that if we really started looking at pricing in a different way, if we really started to think about not being a disservice to our clients by charging them low prices and then charging them low or, or providing them with a low quality of service, we would look at it totally different. It's not just about hurrying up and getting somebody in and making them a client. You have to think about the level of service that you want to provide. And the thing about it is that Charging low prices, it, it brings out what I call like cousins of problems, right? Because when you charge low prices, it's like that's the bigger problem. But then the cousins of that is bad customer service because now you have too many clients because you're trying to make more money, but you can't afford to hire the staff to help you with those clients. Then it also comes with, you know, because you have bad customer service, now people are going and writing bad reviews about you. And now you don't have any good testimonials. And then another cousin, the worst cousin ever, is that you end up practically signing, you know, your business's death certificate and going out of business because you're not charging enough for your services. So I think that we have a commitment. We owe it to ourselves as women to know our worth because for so many years, we were deemed to believe that we were worthless. You know, I'm not even going to get into a whole women's liberation conversation and all that. But I just think that as women, we have so much to offer. We have so much to give. And we got to understand that we deserve to be compensated abundantly for that. So what do you say on the flip side of that? What do you say to women who are like, okay, I'm already being compensated abundantly and they feel like they're doing well enough that they don't need a coach. They're at a certain level in their business and they're like, okay, I'm good. What do you mm -hmm. say to those women? Mm -hmm. I think that as an entrepreneur, whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, I think something that we can never forget is the importance of humility. And I don't care if you're 10 years in business, you're 15 years in business, you're 20 years in business, there is always something that you don't know. And I think that at this point, 
you have so many women that are really running circles around the men in business. Sorry, guys. But, you know, we're running circles around y'all because as women, we will say, let me go hire this coach. Let me go to this conference. Let me go do this. And as men, that's something that, you know, they just don't do. And I think any woman that feels like, oh, I'm successful, you know, I don't need a coach and I don't need this. I just want to say to that woman, you know, ask yourself where you plan to be in the next five years, because I guarantee you, if you're not investing in yourself to learn more, if you're not investing in yourself to stay innovative, you want to let a rookie take your spot because that's what's going to happen. Because that rookie, they're going to be in a classroom learning. They're going to be at work, pray, slay, trying to get more information. They're going to be enrolling in the Get Money Gang. They're going to be hiring a coach. They're going to be doing all that stuff to get ahead. And you're not even going to see them coming. And I feel like that's where we're kind of going into. Um, that's, that's what this season is. You know, this season is all about the underdog. It's like people are rising up that no one saw coming. And it's happening because these underdogs, they out here practicing and they in the gym when all of these other people that feel like they're seasoned and they're too good to do that, they feel like they don't got to get in the gym no more. But think about some of the, the greatest athletes. You still got to practice. Just because you won a championship doesn't mean that you don't need practice. So I think that level of humility and just understanding that we are never too old or we're never too seasoned or too experienced in business to learn. And I also think it's important to keep an open mind because some people may look and say, well, I shouldn't hire this person as my coach because I have more experience than them or I've been an entrepreneur for more years than them. But what if they have a specialty that you don't have? For example, I can answer questions about passive income and I can give people ideas about that, but I don't have the story where I can say I've made over six figures in my business just from passive income. That's Coriel's specialty. So you think I wouldn't say, let me go and sit in her class. Let me go. Absolutely. Because she's done something that I haven't done. So I think that we have to keep that level of humility in mind. And we also have to be open-minded because there is always something that someone knows that we don't already know, or we could just learn it a little bit better. So true. And you can always, I feel like you can learn something from everybody, you know, everybody. Even, if, even if it's what not to do. If you look close enough and you listen for long enough, you can learn something from any and everybody. So, so important. Okay. So Raven, this is my last question. And I love asking this question because I always get such good answers. So I'm excited to see what you got. Okay. If you had to write a recipe for success that only includes three ingredients, what would it be and why? Oh my gosh. Wow. This is like, I'm over here thinking like Jeopardy. So, okay. I would say if I said three ingredients, if I could only pick three, I'm going to say, um, hmm, what am I going to say first? First, I'm going to say God, because I feel like that quiet time with him and just being able to really just listen to what the next move is supposed to be. I think that's really important. And I think that's sometimes something that as entrepreneurs, we get so busy that we forget to do that. So first of all, I'm, I'm going to say that. And then um, second, I think is sacrifice. You know, you can have whatever you're willing to sacrifice for. So definitely this, the, the sacrifice is important. And then my last one, dang, I'm down to the last one. Um, I would have to say accountability. I think that 
So many people set goals. So many people say, I'm going to do this one day. I'm going to do this. I got all these plans. They get so caught up in reading all these self-help books. They get so caught up in downloading everybody's freebie. They get so caught up in being inspiration junkies and going to all these conferences, but they never do anything. They're never in a position where they are held accountable. And that's why I think coaching is so powerful because it holds people accountable. If somebody, if someone is in your coaching program and they're not doing what they're supposed to do, you're going to be like, Hey, listen, how come you're not making more money? How come you're not doing, you're going to hold them accountable to do that. I'm going to hold my clients accountable. So that level of accountability, that's something that it's important to success. (sighs) I wish I could. I can't multitask anymore. I used to try to like take notes while I do these interviews <laughs> because I would be talking about what I'm typing. So I had to stop. I'm gonna have to go back and, you know, replay this and definitely take notes. I hope y'all had y'all notebooks out. This has been an amazing episode of Confessions Raven. I have truly, truly enjoyed this conversation. And I know that my listeners have appreciated all of these gems that you have been dropping. Can you please let them know where they can find you online and how they can connect with you on social media? Yes. So my handle on Instagram is at Raven Jones. My name is spelled a little funky. So listen up. It's R-A-E-V-Y-N and then Jones is normal, J-O-N-E-S. So you can find me there and you can also follow follow, um, my business ventures as well. Pink Slip Prep School is at Pink Slip Prep School on Instagram. And then Busy Being a Millionaire, that's my business where I work with more seasoned entrepreneurs and we help them add um, or launch another venture or add another stream of revenue. So that is on Instagram at busy being a millionaire um again that's at busy being a millionaire so you guys can connect with me online there and then the website for pink slip prep school is www.pinksliprepschool.com this has been another game changing episode of confessions of a workaholic meant to empower and encourage you to get that ass to work you already have everything you need to get everything you want if you are willing to do what it takes i love you see you next week why pay more for a separate coq10 supplement enjoy twice the benefits with super beats heart choose advanced From the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beat brand for heart health support, the new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus. Super Beats Hard Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Hard Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.